Good morning. Today is part two of episode 22 with VI Peach. We are having a second session with VI Peach. We are honored to have a second session. Sometimes we do have a chaotic life that does separate us from reality and, and where we're at. And um, we've had a lot of things going on within the past month. So that is why we are having VI Peach twice on the show. Uh, but essentially, there's a, a lot of key points that I, we missed out on the first episode that I really wanted to touch base with you, as well as get to know uh, the new release that you're going to go ahead and be releasing here soon. I, uh, can you quote that name for me one more time? Yeah, Already a Survivor on September 27th. September 27th. So we'll definitely dive deep into that here shortly. Uh, but the first things first, like, how are you after this hurricane? I'm, I'm not sure if it's just a nuance, but sometimes, you know, we overreact. But it's good to overreact when there's death situations going on. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I get to say I survived a hurricane now. So, uh, you know, just add that to the life resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you guys are good and everything is, you know, copacetic. Um, there's something that really points out in your whole aura, and that will be consistency. Um, there is a lot of people that say they're in it to win it, uh, but when you see it you see it and it's it's visualized through through that person i see that you post on a daily doesn't matter what time of day it's three four five ten times a day and that's insane are you scheduling these posts or is this daily stuff no. that's just coming to your mind i wish i was I, it's been like a goal of mine to really uh get disciplined about planning out my content um so that i'm not on my phone all the time <laughs> But it's just become such a habit now that, yeah, I just post them all myself. I have like a, just a good routine. And, and I honestly kind of do like more of the organic of kind of what I'm feeling that day and what I'm kind of resonating with or what, you know, I go through my content library, what, what I'm currently trying to promote, whether it's a show or a song coming out or just what I'm feeling. So, uh, yeah, I definitely just try to keep as consistent as possible. I post on Instagram, Snapchat, two Facebooks, my Patreon, and I um, Twitter every day. If you don't mind me asking, how's your traction in Patreon? Do you see a lot of traction there? Or I just started my Patreon, honestly, and I mean, I'm happy with it. It's um, and and again, this 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 trans. I'm in a, like a transition right now of life of getting to Florida, and then the hurricane, and just I literally on my to do list, my one off day, so I'm, I have to put my bed frame together. Like I have to do that. <laughs> so, um, and, and we really appreciate your time, just to let you know. <laughs> since we yeah. are one day off. That's okay. Yeah, because people, you know, I'm still working a full-time job. I'm still grooming 40 hours a week, um, you know, and while I'm doing this and funding my passion, my my passion project of art um, in the peach world. So, um, yeah. That's great. You know, consistency does have different variations of what you consider consistent. Uh, people might be able to say, oh, I'm consistent with one thing with my body or I work out on a daily, but to actually create something, it takes a lot of effort. And I don't know if I just put my head around this situation, but I think that an artist has to define themselves with purity and authenticity. And yeah. if that isn't relevant in any post, then to me, it's not like I, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel, it's not like I need acceptance or validation from somebody else, but I don't feel happy with my work. Right. And to see someone that, 
feels happy with their work consistently, you know, daily. That That's insane. It takes a lot of drive. And I've been to the point where I was there and I was like doing it on a daily three, four post, but I didn't feel satisfied. I didn't feel that type of like, okay, I'm doing it because it's something worth it. There's something new that I'm putting out. It's more like it was just repetition and I'm not that type of dude. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. deep, deep, diving deep into like that consistency. One last question before we base off to the next topic. When did it start? What is your drive? How do you have that self-control? Yeah, I, I feel like my, I've always found a way to kind of turn my shit into gold, but um, I think once I, it, I really started getting super motivated with pushing the brand and stuff once I got a divorce, um, you know, I've always been peach and peaches and, you know, had a bunch of friends and stuff, but um, I've been a people person, but really started really putting my my um passion into the pushing the brand after i got a divorce and that's when i wanted to get on survivor um you know that's when i left my ex-husband that's when i really was able to truly be myself and start really diving into the talents and passions that i had because when i was in the the marriage it was a controlling situation so everything was just dedicated to what was best for his career and what was best for the marriage and him. And, you know, it's what I put my all into. Um, so once I was able to focus on me and what I wanted truly out of life, my first goal was, Oh my God, I want to get on survivor. Um, and everything that I kind of have done thus far has been with the goal in mind of getting on. Survivor. And that's what my new single is even about. Um, but and, I, and it started with, okay, they have good professional pictures. So let me figure out how to be a model and take good pictures. <laughs> so I started kind of with that goal um, and then morphed into this and to that. And then it just, you know, it being on this journey um, that then became music. <laughs> um, so I so badly, uh, I'm a Taurus too. So like, I, when you decide you're going to do something, like you do it and you put your all into it. And I, I always want to do the best that I decide to do, whether that's modeling, music, pushing a brand, marketing, throwing events. I'm going to put my all into it. I don't half-ass anything. Um, I've stacked a lot of different skills along the way. So it kind of looks like I'm scattered everywhere, but it's just that. I'm a serial entrepreneur and really passionate about things that I do when I put my heart into it. Absolutely. And that, 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 that making me the shivers because <laughs> when we talk about like being an entrepreneur and you're saying you're a serial entrepreneur, people don't understand that we have our heads in different areas. Right. So like when we are doing one thing, we might be doing something behind, you know, the backs at the same time, whether we're in a different location or not. And that's because it, it, I'm not sure if you relate, but I have ADHD to the point oh, where yeah. if, I don't, if I don't smoke, if I'm not chill in some type of sedative way, I'm impulsive and I'll get things done, not the way that I should, but because I'm so heptic and my feedback is just like, it's hard for me to have a normal conversation without me being chill and relaxed. Like, I yeah. want to go forward. It, it's that impulse. Um, do you yeah, relate absolutely. with ADHD? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I technically, I've never really like talked about it, but I was diagnosed or whatever with ADHD, I guess, I don't know, two years ago or so um, as an adult. 
Um, I think it's a little different with women as well. I think it's a more of a, a common, I guess the um, stereotype is more with men or younger boys that are in school that are kind of just like hyperactive. I think that's what you think when you think ADHD and not really doing on what the symptoms are or what a person with ADHD really looks like and what, and a lot of entrepreneurs have it. Um, I've really realized in, in learning different coping mechanisms and understanding the impulses um, that come with it. Um, so yeah, I definitely can relate. Yeah. And I'm glad that you, you're, you're speaking about it. I'm, I'm so happy that you actually did it here uh, because it, it does open up a window of clarity. People think that they're lost at this point where they're like, am I really this person? Do I really have to live this life? Well, it's an advantage. It's a tool. It's something beautiful that you have to mold yourself. And like you are doing now, you find yourself being occupied all the time because it's a way of living. Not a lot of people can understand it, but if you are living it, you're living it. Yeah. And <laughs> the same thing with abuse. You've gone through that as well. And I really wanted to touch base with you in regards to your music and your lyrics. Um, there's a quotation by Erica Badu that touched my heart this week. Um, she says there's three types of artists. Um, the first one is, you know, the artist that has pain. Usually it takes a lot of, you know, struggle to, to actually get their words out, but they tend to be the more popular ones. The second artist are the ones who are imitates, um, the people who imitate pain, the people who are the first artists, and those are generally the rich ones. Uh, the third kind of artists are the ones who do the do's, you know, shake your ass, watch yourself, quote Erica Badu. Um, the third kind will always fall off. So because there's a million of them. <laughs> so it's like, where do you find yourself in that area? You know, it's not to say that everything is specific according to that quote, but it makes a lot of sense how we translate, you know, certain situations in life like abuse. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a powerful quote. Um, and I completely agree. Um, I think that's why I've been so kind of like off putting of TikTok, you know, uh, you know, I think that's everyone always got to get on TikTok. That's how you're going to get you, you know, like, but it's when I get on there, it's just so negative. And um, when I think of TikTok, I do think of just really people that have taken off very quickly for, for maybe the wrong reasons. Um, and that's just not really been my goal. Um, it's more of making a permanent statement um, and, and recreating a foundational fan base that's going to stick around with me forever um, and really touch people's lives and be a timeless artist. Um, and not so much just trying to grab people's attention really right away and get their money and da 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 da. Like that's just not been my overall goal. So yes, the the people like that will fall off because they'll shake their ass. You know, I can't tell you how many times people or mentors or people in the music industry are like, you need to get your ass done. You just need to start doing some squats and you'll be famous and you got everything it takes, but you just got to learn how to twerk. And it's just like, that's not the demographic I'm going for, you know, like, yes, I understand I rap and this is the hip hop world. And, um, that's something that is very prominent in it, but I also don't have to do that to, um, connect with certain people. Um, so I think I am the artist that has the most pain. A lot of my art comes from my pain and my stories. Um, and that's 
one of the reasons people relate to me the most is my authentic emotion and stories that I tell. Um, and I'll probably, once I hit the right spot in time, we'll be around forever. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's, that's the legacy that people that are usually the first artists, it, it was an interview that she was having with an older folk. This was probably a video back in like the nine, 99, mm. 2000. And, uh, she was saying that it was more of an intimate talk between her audience and her like yeah. everything that she was basing off was off of her reality what she was facing whether if it was love struggles or whatever it was loss of death and it seemed to captivate her audience to the point where it was more of a relation of her pain and people don't understand that emotion drives everything yeah. and i regardless if you don't like it or not that's what buys money you know if you can if you have bought somebody's emotion then you're purchasing into that person's aura or that person's sense of ego. You kind of have some type of sense of control. And if you don't know how to manipulate that in a good way, you become what they call, you know, the dark shadow. And you don't have to be evil to get everything you want, but you right. can gauge it and say, okay, this is a good area, you know, for you to, to grow and, and prosper. I do have Bosa here pulling in. I'm sorry to interrupt. Bosa, thank you so much for joining, brother. You have a wonderful morning. And in regards to like, what does it take for a, a, a an artist to grow? Like Erica Badu was saying, from the first por portion to the second imitant, will the second person always be imitation or will the second person always get to the point where they develop and grow? And that's the journey. It means that the second person hasn't gotten through the journey to actually get to the first position because right. somebody has to go through pain in order to understand what it takes to get there. Absolutely. And that's something that you've done, right? With abuse. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. And with the imitation, you know, it's, I, I struggle with that even, I haven't even made it yet or anything, you know, but like, I do have people, because I'm considered a leader or, you know, people are drawn my aura, my energy or whatever that will try to imitate or copy the things that I'm doing um, or have seen my success and will try to follow that path. And I'm, I myself, even with the greats and the goats and looking at other artists and stuff, I, it is never my intention to be like, I want to be just like that artist or I want to do exactly what that artist is doing. Or it's, I'm inspired by, oh my gosh, I love that person's style or I love that hat or I love that song she did. And how can I incorporate a little part of that into the art and style that I'm creating for myself and make it my own? And I think that's really important that you're able to separate those two things and not just imitating straight from you know and, it, and it, it's you could sure i don't know i can see right right through people that are just imitating um and it comes off very off-putting to me um so i i hope people can understand that i'm never trying to do that um and that the abuse and the pain that i've gone through and in the journey that i've gone through to become my most authentic self that is the artist's journey i, I had a hard time understanding that people are like the artist's journey or like have you gone through this artist development process? And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, and now it, it totally makes sense to me now because I've gone through it and I'm still going through it. We're always growing. We're always changing. Oh my God. I just recently went through a really big change and growth thing for me in the last couple of days. Um, 
and I can feel it. You feel when that change happens. You can feel when you're becoming a different frequency and a different level and certain people are falling off that you thought would be there forever. Um, and it's happening and changing all the time. But it's a beautiful process. That's when you know it's working. And let's keep going yeah. to continue. It hurts. It sucks. Growth fucking sucks. But yeah, you got to keep going. And even it happens with family members. Let me tell you that, man. It happens with family members too, where you know you you are born into a family, but you surely don't choose your parents or your 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 siblings. You know, sometimes yeah. those people are just not for you. Just have to yeah, grow absolutely. Out of it. Yeah, I don't I don't speak to two of my siblings, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't speak to nobody in my family. <laughs> I was the black sheep. Uh, could you talk about more in relation to your your drop that you're gonna do here recently? Um, is what was the reason of this inspired song, or was that pushed you to the limit? Yeah, the the um again with uh, I've been like trying to, with my drops. I try to be super strategic and like you know I, I plan out all my content ahead of time and like I'm really methodical and theme and da, da 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 and this one was a little more like this felt like the right time for it so I hadn't really planned it out as hard as the other ones um and some people may think that's wrong or whatever but um, I'm here I just lost my camera no worries oh, okay. um <laughs> but the song was um ultimately inspired it came from an idea from my friend Steve, who is a stepdad of another artist that I met in Cleveland, who I've had on a couple of my shows, named Master Puff. Um, and him and uh, his stepdad and I have been in touch. And his stepdad is a creative person as well. He's really down to earth, and he kind of just keeps in touch with me and kind of gives me creative ideas that he has. And he really liked my song "Better Days." Um, and he and uh, as And he talked about, you know, how authentic it was um, and that he really liked that side of me, um, that, that, that I should stick with that, you know. Um, and he knows that I've been trying to get on the show Survivor and he just could, for every reason, he saw, you know, Sydney, my daughter, kind of coming up to me as we were watching Survivor and be like, but mommy, you're already a Survivor. Um, and that kind of stuck out in his head. So he sent a voice message to me about that. And I thought it was a great idea. Um, so we talked on the phone about it and kind of mapped out like, what the video would look like. And we did all of this before I even made the song. Um, you know, that just, it just started with that little idea in his head. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm gonna, yeah, that's a great idea. I should, I should make a song that, um, has a survivor scene to it, obviously, because I've been trying to get on the show Survivor. Um, and yeah, I'm already a survivor. I've survived so much in my life, um, whether I get on the show or not. And then and that kind of just became like a really driving force within me. Um, so I found a producer in Spain um, that at first I was like, I wanted to incorporate the actual theme song of Survivor in it, but the rights and, you know, all that stuff gets really complicated so i just i just made my own i kind of told them what parts i wanted to have in it um and for it to kind of sound like it was like the survivor theme song but obviously different um and using different words and themes that have to do with survivor the the shirt you know this kind of looks similar to the the logo of survivor um but it's outwit outlast outplay 
um, in his VIP and um, I used those words within the song um, and and just telling everyone that I'm, I'm already a survivor whether I get on the show or not, basically. <laughs> so I'm dropping it on September 27th, which is the same day that the new season of Survivor airs. Um, and I'm also going to be attending um, a Survivor watch party um, here in Florida with some of the Survivor cast. Nice. So when do you, your, your episodes go live or when do you start casting or have you already started that process? I apply every year, basically. So um, I send in a video uh, every year uh, to, to apply for it. Um, and I think people, people misunderstand, like, they think I want to be famous or like, they're like, well, what do you just be on Naked and Afraid or go on Bad Girls Club? And it's like, they're missing the whole point, you know, like that's not the point is to get on television that, you know, the point isn't to be on a reality show. The point is to get on Survivor and to have a life changing experience and, and inspire people with my story and who I am and the things that I can share with a national audience. Um, and Survivor just changes you. It's a, it's a, it's an experience that regular life can't give you. It's challenging in ways that regular life can't challenge you. And I'm looking to level up my consciousness and challenge myself in ways that I think Survivor could do for me. Um, and that's what people just don't really understand. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of uh, Bhagavadita or some of the practices within Hinduism practice. You know, it, it, people don't understand that journey. But if you want to go to Bhagavatash or some type of, you know, expense journey that will take you pretty much strip your body off you know to to actually get there because you're losing everything once you get there that right. is the spirit the journey that people don't understand what are you losing to get to that point and whether if that process is bliss or if it maybe doesn't show you anything other than just pure consciousness and commonality yeah. where you're just like oh that's what it was like yeah right well, and, and i just look how beautiful that. the journey is oh god i discovered that when i when i uh when I went through boot camp in the army, that was like a really hard, challenging experience mentally and physically. But when I finished it, I felt like I could do anything. You know, I saw all the people who fell off. I saw all the people who couldn't do it and didn't make it. And um, I came kind of addicted to that challenge and level up of that. Um, and Again, it's just like one of the things I feel like Survivor can do for me. And then at the same time, cause, you know, Survivor's so different. It's been this is the forty fifth season. You know, like people don't understand how long it's been on, and that's I think because Survivor's fan base. That's that's the fan base I want to touch with my music and my brand. Like that's that's my target audience are the people that watch Survivor because they're inspired by the the stories that people have gone through and everyone's gone through some type of hardship that's been on there um, and challenging in life, but they've survived it. And that's what everyone has in common being on that show. Um, so that's, that's my overall goal. <laughs> and I wish you the best with it. Um, so my question was, did you already get to the casting point or, or have you gone through that process no. yet? No. Yeah. yeah yet. I've gone through I've gone through the process of it as far as like talking with producers and going to uh, open um, 
calls. I performed in line for a couple of them. I'll take my speaker um, and perform in line and, and do like the open casting calls, but I haven't gotten to like the end point of being chosen. <laughs> you will be chosen. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they always say, you know, people have, there's people, there's a guy on there now. He's been applying since he was a kid, you know, like um, it's just that consistency that I have and that, you know, isn't a matter how long it takes. My, my life just gets more interesting each year. So <laughs> it's just about yeah. which year they decide I'm interesting enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in those are the stories that touch people the most. And you're saying that survivor is, you know, something that relates to that. that that's the purpose of this podcast. You know, everybody has a, a story to relate, but everybody wants to talk about the, the topic in their industry. That's fine. Go ahead. Talk about the topic. But I want to know you. I want to know who you are, what are you about, and how can I relate that to the person who's watching, you know, because that's, in essence, who matters. You know, I don't matter here. You matter because you are the guest and all the guests that are around here as well. You know, it's like if I can give myself to the world, I have a purpose of living. But if I can't, then I've died as a brat who is just egoistic and only thinking about myself. So who would you rather be, you know, the, the brat or somebody who actually has value to show somebody else something better than just themselves. I think we all need to wake up. <laughs> totally agree. Um, in regards to your RV and grooming, um, you had mentioned you wanted to get a tour bus so that you can do grooming as full-time and tour the United States. Question, is grooming a passion or is it a necessity of meats? It, it's it's uh, a necessity um, at this point. And, and I've learned by talking and listening with people, it's, it, what comes easy, you know, that what comes easiest to you um, it, it, is something that you still need to kind of keep around and use, you know, like, and, and that's what's been my struggle is that because grooming comes so easily to me, um, it, I get bored with it very quickly. Um, but it, it it is a uh, the way I pay my bills. It is what funds all the things, and I have to find a way to bring my passion <laughs> together with the things that are making me money. <laughs> because I have to survive, and I have to keep you know being able to put out the the things. So that was my creative way of kind of fusing those together. Um, because I have found that grooming can be very kind of integrated with the artistry because I meet so many artists and different people in the artist world that have dogs or cats or they like animals. So it's a great networking tool at the same time for me to be like, hey, I can groom your dog now or today or tomorrow or whatever, you know, um, or they haven't been able to find someone um, that they trust or, you know, just it kind of builds a, a bridge and a gap in a way for me to connect with people um, in that way as well and providing a service and bartering the service as well. You know, I can provide a lifetime of grooming for your dog or cat and you can give me some photos, <laughs> you know, like and kind of just trading services in that way. See, that's the entrepreneur way. And I'm glad you mentioned this. Uh, because there's a lot of bum artists here in Tucson and Arizona, uh, meaning that, you know, nobody really knows what they want. They know they have a dream. But like you just said, you have to have something that comes easy to you 
so that you can fund your passion. Don't be a bum artist. You know, it, it, it's okay to do it for a week. One week is fine. But after that week, you still have to have some bills to pay. You still have, if you have a family, you have a family to rely on. So it's like, yeah. no, like don't, don't quit your job. Don't quit anything, you know, continue what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's a, exactly. it's a very to soft topic for a lot of people who are young because they, they want the help. They want the guidance. But if you really want the guidance, keep going with what you're doing and then continue adding on to your resume. Like you said, the more you have, the better. But at the same time, you want to keep those skills at 100%. So make sure you're fueling everything every single day. Yeah, absolutely. So when did grooming become no longer a passion because obviously it had to be some type of passion for you was it when yeah. music became involved or when did that fall off as a passion um i think when i i worked for PetSmart for eight years um and i lived in columbus and i opened up a new store for them and it was at one time it was a goal for me to be um a regional manager for them teach their groomers how to groom i i did i taught five different people how to groom i won um the regional award for the highest um sales store in the region and my ex-husband um didn't support my career and wanted to continue to be in the army and that meant i had to give up my career um so he moved to north korea and that meant that i became a single mom and i had to quit after i just won this award and was on a, a um the road to becoming very successful within the corporate world um so the i i was gonna be able to transfer but the the um regional manager at the time basically told me that i, I either had to have an open schedule um be able to work anytime any day that they told me to um or i had to quit and uh i couldn't because i now was a single mom my my husband was moving to korea to serve her country and i um would have to drop my daughter off at daycare and stuff so i could only work certain hours and that wasn't good enough for that corporate company um so after eight years company i quit and started working in a vet by myself um I think that's kind of where I my burn happened, where I was like, okay, fuck you guys. <laughs> I was like, I just gave my heart and soul to this company and to, to grooming. Um, and it really hurt my feelings. Um, so that's kind of where my love for grooming kind of started changing. Um, I started working by myself um, in, a, in a vet and there wasn't, I, I like competition. I need a challenge. There was nothing to challenge me anymore. There was no one to talk about anything. I was in a room by myself for eight hours. And uh, all I could think about was how to write songs and different creative things as I'm grooming. Um, so my focus started to shift. So it took, you know, figuring out that you weren't being valued at your job to lose the passion that you loved. Now, I'm not saying that you don't love grooming anymore. Maybe you enjoy this and this is therapeutical to you. But what yeah. I'm saying is that you said that it no longer was a passion. It's a means of ends meet. So was it the trauma that that's more caused you or was it the fact that you just wanted to be on your own? Um, 
it was a little bit of both. It was the, the, the bad taste that they left in my mouth and then being in my own environment to, cause you know, it, it always was a goal of mine to like, you know what? I wasn't always a goal, but it, it now changed my perspective of how to do it on my own. COVID really kind of put me out of my comfort zone in that way as well. Um, you know, I had quit PetSmart. I was now um, at the vet and then COVID happened and it kind of pushed me to then do it on my own as well. I, I continued to groom out of my basement when I wasn't able to work um, during COVID. And that showed me that I could very well do it all on my own. Um, so again, it just started to kind of shift my focus into making my own business out of it. Um, but it's like you said, it's more therapeutic for me. I, while I'm grooming, I, I tend to get a lot of ideas for how to throw events or songs. And, you know, I'm like writing stuff down as I'm grooming. How um, does this happen? Like you have shampoo in your hand and you're like writing yeah, it down. Yeah, no shit. I, I'm like <laughs> freaking blow drying the dog and my phone <laughs> in my other hand. Like this is what's happening. You <laughs> don't understand how many ideas or I'm calling and texting. I'm like, oh my God, I just had this great idea. And I'm like, blow drying the dog. <laughs> What dogs do you usually deal with? Are you talking about larger, medium dogs or any type of dog? All kinds of dogs. I've groomed every kind of dog there is. Um, you know, typically it's, it's the smaller dogs, you know, poodles and Yorkies and Shih Tzus and stuff. But I've groomed Pyrenees and Newfoundlands and Mastiffs. And I have a guy here I found. Um, I groom his four Great Danes. Um, he owns a Mexican restaurant here. Uh, and... I've been collaborating with him on some stuff. So, four Great Danes. How is that? Do you like get one at a time horses. or four horses? <laughs> that's what I feel like. I'm I'm getting them out of their pasture and like taking them out of the gate and like hooking them up with the things. But yeah, it's like grooming four ponies. Wow. Yeah, they're an interesting breed. I've heard they don't really last long, depending on their heart issues. Yeah, the bigger dogs, they don't because it's just a lot of blood to pump. Yeah, but it's a beautiful breed for sure. Um, we deal with uh, uh, blue healers and uh, Catahoula, so we had Catahoulas in the past. But the blue healers are I, interesting to me. Yeah, the blue healers are the, the herding dogs. You know, they're really smart and always they need a challenge for stuff. I used to breed uh, yellow labs my um, as a child with my dad. Um and I'm, I actually am thinking about getting a dog here. I've been looking at shelters and tell you what they, they don't really have a lot of dogs at the shelters. Um, and it was kind of my goal to, to be able to get one from a shelter, but I don't know if I'll be able to or not. But I want a little white dog that will kind of become a part of Peach World, <laughs> and kind of very similar to kind of like how Paris Hilton did, and Kodak Black had a Pomeranian in his Peaches video, if you didn't notice. Um, mm. But I now have more help. Cindy's older, my mom's here now, that I've really with me, so I have more. At first I was kind of scared to have a dog because I'm so busy, but I think now I have more help to do it. <laughs> um, and I want to be able to dye it and groom it and kind of be my walking billboard for my grooming services <laughs> as well. Um, and yeah. That's going to be sick. So you're looking for a Pomeranian breed or any specific white dog? 
just a white doll, even maybe even lighter. It doesn't necessarily have to be white, but just a lighter color that I'm able to manipulate the colors on. Um, and fluffy has to be, you know, maybe able to manipulate the hair. Um, so that's you like poodle mixes or Pomeranian mix of any type of sort. Um, that's about this big. <laughs> yeah, small dogs is the way to go. We, we went yeah, big like, all the way. I, I you know I had big dogs my whole life. I had a Doberman. Um, you know I bred the yellow labs and then I I um, pet sitted for a couple people and had their little dogs in my house and I was like, this is freaking cake. <laughs> I was like they're like they're literally like having a little cat. I can yeah. do that. Yeah, they're easy. We uh we have a uh, she's a mix. She's supposed to be half mastiff and half uh, catahoula, uh, but she's she's quite special. She might be a little bit either mentally ill or something's going on in her head, <laughs> but she they thinks she's a puppy. <laughs> um, she'll crawl up on your lap, you know, acting like a little puppy and she thinks she's a puppy. She'll, you'll be, you know, in the restroom doing your business and she'll try to, uh, you know, jump on your lap while you're yeah. on the restroom. And this is a, oh, yeah. you know, 80 pound dog just trying to get on top of you. <laughs> How my Doberman was. I never knew how how uh, needy Dobermans were. It was like he was whining unless he was touching me. Like he and they're very one person dogs. I I know you know after having a lab that was a family dog, my whole life having a Doberman and seeing how much he was just wanted to be by me and do things that I said and he just really wasn't responsive to my husband. Um, really showed me how big babies they are. Yeah. Yeah, the bigger the dog, I think the more baby they are. They're just big, big teddy bears. Right. We talked about your spirit animal last time. This is the last question, but uh, yeah, you said that it was horses. And since we're talking about those Great Danes and they look like horses, um, would you want to get back into horses in the future, or is that something that you talked about in the future, or is it something that you just aspire and love and to see in nature? Yeah, I it's uh. Again, I'm still very much drawn to horses and like, I guess like orcas slash dolphins, um, you know, like, especially now being in Florida, like being at the beach and stuff, I've, I've really been inspired in thinking about a song I can make for the dolphins and to how to like draw them in at the beach um, or go out on a boat or whatever and like play my music for them or something or sing or I don't know. Um, that's been one of my ideas being here in Florida. Um, and horses, it's funny, I have this on my altar. It's a, a piggy bank um, that my grand was one right with my grandma's old thing. It's the piggy bank, it's a horse. And I think it comes from, again, being here um, in Florida. My, I'm, I've been trying to look into my um, ancestry and doing one of the ancestry DNA things about my um, connection to the to Native Americans, um, and obviously they used horses uh, and for hunting and, and different things. Um, and I think that's kind of maybe where my where I'm drawn to them in that kind of aspect. Um, all of my like tribally kind of like tattoos that I've been doing and stuff and, and learning more about Native American history. Um, the place that I'm at now is protected by an ancient spell um, from the Toa Boat. I'm going to say it wrong. 
I don't even want to mess it up. But there's a tribe here in Florida that has protected this area. Um, and that's why it hasn't been hit by a hurricane in over 100 years, basically, is like kind of like how the story goes. And the day after the hurricane happened, I wanted to figure out where this area was. They said there was like burial grounds um, that protect the, the area. So I looked up like where the burial ground was and went there and it was closed. The park was closed, but I don't know. I just can't really explain my where I, I really wanted to go find it. So I, I went into the park and just there was no really maps or areas of telling exactly where the burial mounds were. So I just kind of hiked around looking for them. And I found it and I just sat on top of it and kind of just like touched the ground and just like thanks the ancestors or whatever from like protecting us from the hurricane. Because um, I did. I'd always just I never felt threatened by the hurricane. I didn't think the hurricane was going to hit us at all. Like I just my intuition is I was like, we're fine. I was like, but our ancestors got us, bro. Like they're protecting us with this spell. <laughs> like we're fine. So I don't know. I think that's where my my spirit animal maybe i was a warrior in some other lifetime or something um that had a great horse and a bow i've been wanting to buy a bow and uh i don't know that's kind of where it I'm sounds at. like it sounds like a good photo shoot i feel yeah. like a lot of our of our uh, past comes to life in our photo shoots that we do um i'm actually working on a photo shoot with a good photographer here in town named by yusuf uh but it's like part of my journey to lose more and gain more weight because it's always been a hustle or a struggle for me to gain weight um i've always tried to like eat and eat and eat and i just can't gain it so i've set my mind to where i'm gonna do a photo shoot for three months you know and we do one the first month and i'm in front of a church you know my theme would be no church no man no church so i believe in you know the church being inside of you i don't believe in no religion so my my perspective was, you know, being in front of, of the church, whether it's Mormon, Catholic, Christian, Buddhist, all of those temples throughout the three months and having my snakes around me, you know, kind of portraying where I came from and kind of like putting down the churches and saying it's over, you know, like this is the spirit. But that's something that I can relate with it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. That's, you know, the, the photo shoots and the art and stuff create, like you said, that those small details that a lot of people may not understand, but we know, and it's, it's how we're, you know, creating our realities and, and expressing those parts. That's this survivor song and video and the photo shoot that I'm doing and stuff like that. Like I incorporating like the tribal like paintings and like the, the body paint and stuff of that. Um, and I, I plan on recording a part of the video at that burial ground that I just talked to you about um, and using that area uh, for my survivor video. That's going to be dope. You know, and, and the survivor video, what's the name of that song? Is that going to be Survivor or? It's, it's already Survivor. It's for, it's for the sure. song that I'm dropping. Um, okay. and, and it's basically um, supposed to kind of portray me already on survivor you know and I, I think that also is going to manifest it you know as my vision becomes clearer and clearer like me being in florida even talking about this song became a thing before me and steve even knew that i was going to be moving to florida we didn't we talked about shooting the video on a beach and and how what it all looked like and stuff but we didn't know that i was going to be moving to florida we were i was still in tennessee when we were talking about this you know so when i got to florida i was like steve i get to shoot 
our survivor video on the beach now like it's kind of become a reality you know and as i just it becomes more and more clear i'm on the beach i feel like you know i just keep seeing myself on survivor and what that looks like and i think this song and the video will continuously just to manifest that i will be on survivor someday well you will be i can see it coming um this conversation is insane uh we touched a lot of topics we touched your abuse we touched your consistency we touched you know your spirit animal what a true artist is is there one thing that you can give to the artist out there today that has gone with you throughout your entire life oh like speaking to the other artists that might be listening yes. um yeah i think uh Staying as true to yourself as possible, believing in yourself as much as possible, promoting yourself as much as possible, investing in yourself. No one is coming to save you. There's no magical investor that's going to come pick you up out of your world and drop you into where you want to be at. It's your hard work and consistency that's going to get you there. Um, and I know that because it's, I mean, I, I stopped looking for that magical person years ago, <laughs> um, you know, telling yourself that someday somebody's just gonna hear my music and want to invest in me. And, you know, that's a, a, a fantasy you got to kind of let go of and that you're going to get yourself there. You have to create your own opportunities. Um, and if you can't do that, then no one else will. If you don't believe in yourself, anybody else. You heard it for VIP, it's authenticity. That's what it takes to get, you know, wherever. It doesn't matter what you call success authenticity yeah thanks it was a pleasure speaking to you this morning i know you are on yeah, a time thank constriction you for your thanks for staying <laughs> on me life's been life no <laughs> i'm consistent too and i'll bug you you know until you tell me to leave i'll keep bugging you. <laughs> thank you i appreciate it no problem it was a blessing you know having you on the show i'm very inspired by your story rest assured i'll be sending you some real previews here shortly we'll get some more content out is there any questions or concerns you have for me here today uh, no, I appreciate you having me on and your thorough questions and support. I appreciate you. You have a good morning. I'll be clocking up now, okay? All right. Bye -bye.